welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. You know, I'm going to talk about speak right tonight. We've got to learn how to speak right. Um, and you know, I was just the last couple of months, um, I've been reminded about this beautiful language, English, and how I've kind of, um, I've, I remember my journey, me learning this beautiful language. And I remember when I first came, you know, I only knew like three or four words and it's like a little toolkit you have. If you moved here from another country, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you have the yes, no, thank you, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? So these are the things that I knew how to say. And um, I remember, you know, we'll have a conversation and I'll be like, okay, this is, I know this one. Hi, how are you? I'm like, oh yeah, I understand this. I'm fine, thank you, how are you? And then they continue and I'll be like, yes, and they walk away. Um, and and that, was, that was it. And then as I, you know, continued, then I started using idioms. Um, and I remember one, this is like five years ago, um, <laughs> I was, yeah, hey. And then I was talking to Alex and then we were saying something happened, a situation. I'm like, it's okay. It's a blessing in disguise. And he's like, what? And I'm like, a blessing in disguise, you know? He's like, no, no, no. It's a blessing in disguise. Like it's, I'm like, oh. So... You know, sometimes we're just not communicating right. We're just not communicating properly. And I really feel as Christians, we need to learn how to communicate properly, have good interpersonal skills in order to make a difference. You know, we're called to be the soul to the earth, but we're not, how are we gonna do that with not having a proper interaction with people? We gotta learn how to speak the truth with emotional intelligence. And you know, in the world right now, everyone has an opinion. Everyone speaks up and it's a world where extra. And, and people that are outspoken are celebrated. But we need to speak up, stand up, speak up truth with grace and emotional intelligence, like I said before. You know, communication, um, it's important. You know, it's a language. You know, you use words to um, translate what's in here. Ideas, thoughts, um, feelings, you know, to use words. But you also use emotion, behaviour and intention. Um, So I can stand here tonight and be like, I'm having so much fun, guys. I'm saying something completely different to what I'm actually thinking. And I am having fun. Um, You know, this is just an example of what I'm trying to convey. Um, And... So it is, we've got to think of both things, words and emotion, intention, behaviour. Um, but also words are very powerful, very, very powerful. Uh, in Proverbs 18, 21, and I don't know if I have it on the screen in a minute, um, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life and the talkative person will reap the consequences. Kill or give life. So simple. Just one word. And you know, in my experience in the hospitals, I, um, I've encountered this and um, I try to not use certain words uh, with patience. Um, there's one word I try to, you know, just kind of withhold or use different words that they don't understand because that's medicine. It's a different language. And I think that's the reason why, because we want to protect our patients from Googling. And then, oh gosh, it's just, 
that's the way we protect them. So one word is cancer. So I'm actually really careful in saying those words because that's the only word they hear in a conversation. And it might be just a working diagnosis. It's not the actual diagnosis. We're just thinking what it could be and we call it differential diagnosis. And I'm really careful not to say that word because it kills. It really does. You can see the, the you know, the, the countenance just completely changes and that's the, that's the only thing to think about. Other words that are a little bit more lighthearted um, that I try to stay away from, again, they have a negative connotation, like bring shame. Um, words like overweight, obese, or fat. Oh, I hate that word. You know, I try to avoid saying that. Sometimes we have to present patience to our bosses. They'll come in. I'm like, you know, this is James, 23-year-old male who is, has a poor body habitus or has a central adiposity. And the patient just sits there and they're like, you know, it's like, no, cool, what's going on? So you try to avoid using these words that labels people and brings that shame. Another word, um, and please, yeah, just don't remember the words. Um, you know, another, another word is um, <laughs> bad breath. And, you know, it's, uh, sometimes you have to say that someone has bad breath because there's certain conditions that, you know, will, um, will present that way. And I'll be like, uh, the patient has halitosis. And they'll be like, oh, I don't know what that is. Um, so, you know, it, it has power. It has a lot of power. Um, not only that, but it can also change the way you think. It can um, have an, a, an effect on your brain and, and the way you, um, you think about life. Um, so I can give you an example. I want you to imagine an octopus on the stage. Uh, and some of you might have that image in your head. Yeah? Words are suggestive. They plant ideas. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Inception. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio quotes, the most resilient parasite is an idea planted in your brain. James 3, 5 to 6 says, and so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries a great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze and the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum of the total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and it is hellish flame, it's a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. Planted ideas are contagious. These ideas can become thought patterns that become actions that can change the course of your life forever. So they have power. So how do we communicate effectively? How do we do this in a way that we can be that salt to the earth, that we can actually change people's lives? And you know, through our med school, we'll learn how to communicate with patients and with people from day one. It's really important. Um, you know, we can make a diagnosis, 82% of diagnosis, diagnoses are made, are made by just talking to the patient, by the history taking, yeah. And 9% is by physical examination and the other 9% through investigations, blood tests and chest x-rays and things like that. Um, so it's important. So there's three main points that I've learned how to communicate properly. One is listening. 
and that's tough. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like, I don't know if you're anything like me when you're in a conversation with someone and they're telling you a story and you're like, I have a better story. <laughs> and you just can't wait till they finish so you can tell your story. Oh, it's so hard. And it's like, you know, we got to learn how to listen, how to engage, you know, 100% just talking to you right now. Um, you know, we need to let people talk. Um, we have a rule in, uh, you know, in, in, in my, kind of in what I do, uh, we need to let the patient talk for 90 seconds. And 90 seconds is a long time. It is. You, you time yourself. You do it in the next conversation you have. And you see, you're like, oh, you just can't wait to interrupt. 90 seconds, no interruptions. Just let the person talk. We're meant to um, listen 80% of the time and talk 20% of the time. We're meant to have no distractions, phones, computers. How many times have you gone to the doctors and then just like typing and you're like, oh, he's not listening to me. Um, how does it make you feel? It's the same way with conversations with friends or with family. We'll be like on the phone, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Wow. And I'm checking Instagram. You know, we've all done it. We've all done that. Um, so listening, we got to, this is a moment where we gather. I can see a lot of like, that's you. <laughs> We're talking about us. You know what we do. <laughs> um, so... You know, it's all about gathering the information. You listen, you have the time to, to see. And this is not just what they're saying, but how they're saying it. You know, the, the look, do they look, do they look scared? Do they look upset? You know, how their arms, are they not engaging? Um, and that's emotional intelligence. Um, so it's the skill to recognise and name an emotion. Um, this is from other people. So we're able to kind of gather all the information. But we fa- I think this is when we fail the most. Um, we need to also gather the cues from within, our own emotions. How do we feel about this situation? Um, you know, we fail to understand our own emotions and they can get us into trouble. They can control our conversations. And this is my second, leads me to my second point. And we forget that communication, we think is just listening and speaking. But there's a second point of processing. We've got a lot of time to process. Ephesians 4.26 says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be the fuel for revenge, not even for a day. And in verse 29, it says, Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace and help them. You know, I can't control how, how the other person's feeling, but in this time of processing, I can control what's going on here and here. Um, so this is where, you know, we need to have self-control. Um, you know, and, and I really felt like some of us um, are emotionally labile. And labile means, um, you know, up and down. Uh, in, in chemistry, you use it uh, to describe a substance that uh, is unstable. So a tiny little change will have a big kind of a, a reaction. So it's like we're kind of walking little test tubes. Yeah, um, and a, a tiny little small trigger can cause a huge reaction. 
Um, so, but why, why? Why is it that we're having all these emotions? And, and you know, I really believe that we speak careless is because we're allowing our emotions to do the talking. Emotions like fear, anger, pride. So how do our emotions control us? And this is, um, I'm going to just, exp- I have a picture of a brain here, if it comes up. Um, so um, our emotions are, there's a place for our emotions. There it is. So we have two brains, and this is figuratively speaking. Um, so we have our primitive brain and our thinking brain. So you can see the red section there uh, that's considered primitive brain. So that's kind of like the limbic system. And that is where all the feels are. All our emotions, our memory, it's just it's kind of it's gathers, gathers there. And then we have the prefrontal cortex, which is our thinking brain, our thinking part of, um, you know, decision-making, our emotional intelligence, will, you know, we'll be using that part if we're using it appropriately. And, you know, in every situation and interaction, our primitive brain is activated first. You know, it's, it's automatic. It's, it's a reflex. It's the first thing. It's, it's been created for survival. So it's the first thing. Any interaction, even right now, your primitive brain is like, yeah, I'm pretty chill right now. This is, or you might be bored. I don't know. Um, but, you know, that primitive brain is activated in any interaction you have. You go and see your boss. The primitive brain will be like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm activated. I'm nervous. And that's what happens. But we have to activate our thinking brain. And it takes effort. And this is when we don't just allow all the feels to come, but we actually think why, why, how, asking those questions, understanding what made me upset. We've got to really ask us these questions. What am I feeling? And you know, uh, emotions are quite complex. Um, You know, we're kind of used to the angry joy, uh, anger, joy, sadness and whatever. But Emotions, there's intensity. So we have annoyance, then you have anger and you have rage. That's the same emotion, it's just different intensity. And you might have emotions that come together. It's not just like I'm just feeling angry. No, you might have disgust at the same time. And that actually equals contempt when you combine anger with disgust. So it's really understanding and it takes thinking um, to do that, really. And, and it's, it takes seconds if you, if you get used to it, just in any interaction you have, co-workers, family, with friends, have, have a think, how am I feeling right now? And, and, and really start using it. You know, the issue with allowing our primitive brain to take over is that it goes on overdrive. It gets used to it, it's easier. It's easier. You know, it's so much easier for me just to fight with Alex than to hold my tongue and why am I upset? Because he didn't clean the dishes last night. But actually, it was because he didn't say thank you for me cleaning the dishes. That's why I was upset. <laughs> you know, it's just, it takes effort. You're good. Sorry, babe, I'm putting you on the spot. Um, you know, you just got to think of that stuff. Um, so it just goes on overdrive. We allow our passionate emotions to control our speech. And, you know, not only that, but also um, this little brain, this little primitive brain, that red kind of uh, structure has memory. 
and the way it deals with emotions and situations, it labels things. So, for example, you've gone and see your boss, you know, back in a different job and you got fired. So your brain labels that situation going to see a boss as bad. Then you see your boss and you label your boss, it's like sticky note, sticky notes, sticky Sticky notes, yeah, sticky notes. Yeah, that you put on people's foreheads. And it's like, this person made me feel this way and this and this and this. And then it just becomes so used to it that we just label everything around us. And it's like, I don't like it. I just don't feel, I feel this way. So next time you go and see your boss, you're already primed to be upset and to feel fearful when they were gonna give you a race. And it's just, like, that's what I'm, it's real stuff. Like we just gotta learn how to control these emotions. You know, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can change your brain. This was by Andrew Newberg, MD. I just kind of um, stole the, the tag. I didn't read the book. Um, so I feel like I have to tell the truth when I'm here all the time. <laughs> uh, so, you know, negative words can actually damage structures in your, in your brain. It affects how you regulate your memory. Like I said before, you already have that tag and that memory is going to be attached to a negative emotion. So it's going to affect the way you behave with your boss, any other boss, any other authority figure. You already have that label on it. But negative words that have a negative emotion can cause more damage. So... If we say these hateful words and it carries that emotional cargo, it really will have an effect on the other person. We've got to remember the other person has a brain as well. I mean, hopefully they do. Um, so, you know, they, it got to, it's going to have, they have the primitive brain activated as well. So it, it, that's why some conflict doesn't, doesn't get resolved because we're constantly just reacting to that with that primitive brain. And, you know, we have to take responsibility for our words, our emotions and what we speak because it does have an effect on people, on the, the recipient. Um, you know, there's children and vulnerable people at, at most risk. You know, children that grow up in, uh, you know, an emotionally abusive family, they have a higher risk of mental health issues, of, um, you know, entering into violent relationships, addiction, and things like that. So we have a responsibility on how we speak and what we do to other people and to their brains. Um, you know, it also says that this negative emotion plus negative words affects the way they make decisions later on. They become, uh, they could become a little bit irrational. So it's a vicious cycle. We need to stop it. Um, we need to start using our prefrontal cortex, our thinking brain, who's in control? What is in control? Is it my primitive or my cognitive? Then the next question we gotta ask is what's the root? Where is it coming from? Matthew 12, 34 says, for out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouth speaks. And, you know, in patients who have heart failure, they usually present late because they can't identify the early signs of heart disease. And this is because it's not quite connected. They usually have ankle swelling. So they can't put one and two together. Oh, I have ankle swelling, so that means I have heart disease. Um, and I feel like 
it's very much the same with our words. Our words are early sign for a condition of our hearts. You know, words like bragging, negative emotion words, hate, scared, not good enough, different, insecure, incompetent, ignorant, mocking, oh, you suck, or just things that we just say carelessly, um, judging, complaining, gossiping, death-related words. You know, research um, by James Pennebaker, Pennebaker, uh, I can, if you're more interested, I can give you the reference. Um, it's shown that, uh, peop- that you can actually tell a lot by the, the, the way people write or speak. Um, so they found that people who, so we know that negative words, you know, they, there is a connection with how, you know, the emotionally, um, how they emotionally, yeah, the health of their emotions. Um, but this research also found that um, people who use words like I, me, myself, have a higher levels of depression. So it made me think, you know, in today's age, it's all about me, me getting. It's all about being individualistic. I want to get this. This is my dream, my career. This is what I want to do. iPhone, iPad, iCloud. Everything is, yep. So we need to pay attention. You know, we have in our family a little running joke. Um, we, so you know, in the family when you gather and then there's always someone who needs to be the centre of attention. It could be me, I'm not going to say who it is. Um, But, you know, we have this kind of running joke that when someone does it, we just call it out straight away. And we just say, me, 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 me. And the person is like, oh, sorry. Um, So I feel like we got to have me, me, me moments. Call it out. You know, and, and I find myself doing that. Like someone's telling me a story. I'm like, oh, but I, but me, and I did this, and I did that, and I want to do this. So it's like, let's just have a self-diagnosis. Do a me, 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 me. You know, there's issues of the heart uh, that we've got to deal with. Um, it could be unforgiveness. Um, you know, things that perhaps we haven't, can't be bothered dealing with them because it's too hard, it's too much. Um, or even, you know, words that have been spoken over you. You know, maybe you have, people have unloaded on you. Um, so we got to start, um, you know, paying attention. And my last point is speaking, finally. <laughs> speaking. So communication, we have to listen. There's a processing time. Who's in control here? And what's, my, what's the root of this, what I'm feeling? And the third one is speaking. The power of healing and restoration lies in the tongue. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they, re- for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. You know, communication connects us. Yeah, we're connected through communication. So miscommunication, lack of communication, no communication brings confusion. It disconnects us, separates us, it divides us. So in a, in a, in, in a place where there's disconnection, and I, and I always kind of take it back to 
um, you know, the body, the body, I kind of understand a lot of things to how the body works. Um, when there is no, no communication, there's dysfunction because there's confusion. Um, we call that an autoimmune disease. So this is because the body is a bit confused and it starts attacking itself. Mm. Just think about this. We start attacking our own flesh and blood. The body gets confused on who the real enemy is. Miscommunication brings confusion. If we're not communicating, we're disconnecting. That confusion can confuse ourselves into knowing who the enemy is. The Bible says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities of darkness. The boss is not your enemy. Your friend is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. We gotta start speaking life into this. Instead of cursing words about my boss, my situation, my husband, my friend. We've got to start speaking life instead because their lie is healing and we will reconnect. You know, in Matthew 12, 36, it says that no word, God, that every careless word will be, will, be held, will be held accountable for any careless word. So no word ever goes to waste. There is always a recipient. It makes a difference of how we speak. Know who the enemy is. You know, we've got to speak life into our relationships. And I couldn't shake when I was praying for this, this picture of the dry bones in Ezekiel, how there were dry bones everywhere. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. Ezekiel is this prophet and he, um, you know, it was in a time where Israel was divided. They were scattered all around in different places. But before God decided to bring them together, He asked His prophet Ezekiel to speak life before He brought people together. And I believe there's gonna be relationships that are going to be reconnected, healed and restored, but we have to first speak life, speak life into those dry bones. And it says that He... The, the Lord said to him, this is exactly what you need to say. Dry bones, listen to the Word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you'll know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel spoke this. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched muscles and flesh form over the bones and they all came together, the skin formed to cover the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. But as you read on, you can kind of see the, the final picture. It was, it was an army. It all came together. It's all here. It's all in what we speak and life-giving words. We need to ask for wisdom on how to speak life-giving words to every relationship, every interaction, because it makes a difference. You know, you might be 
sitting there and, and, and I don't know what relationships you're hoping to, you know, for, for them to be restored. It might be a, you know, a friendship, a long forgotten friendship. But it also is the body of Christ. We need to stop attacking one another. We need to start communicating with each other. You know, we're one body. We all come together, different, different cultures, different personalities. The Bible likens us to our body. You know, some are, are Jews, Gentiles. Um, you know, it's like different parts of the body coming together. We just need to stop attacking each other. It only breaks down and, and destroys. Speak life-giving words. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.